0: Welcome to Extra Musical, the podcast where we delve into the lives, thoughts, creative process, and hobbies of musicians and other creative artists. If you'd like to learn more about the podcast, visit www.hiddencinemarecords.com slash podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast and everything else going on at HCR, become a patron at www.patreon.com slash hiddencinemarecords. Today, we're joined by Shanice Strickland. Originally from Akron, Ohio, she's led a life of music in various shapes, forms, and sizes. She started a musical journey on wind instruments as a flutist, and then evolved into a hornist and trombonist and an overall multi-instrumentalist, then leading to a life of composition. Right now, she's based in New Jersey, where she teaches a horn studio and spends most of her time freelancing and composing music. Let's get to the interview. Hi, everyone. Uh, We're sitting down with Shanice Strickland. You just heard a bit about her, uh, but we're going to get into the interview portion now. Hi, Shanice. Thanks for joining us.
1: Hey, we here. We
0: here. We in here. We in here indeed. (laughs) Sorry, I laughed too much. Uh, So, like, what's your story? Like, Who are you? What do you do? Where are you based? Where are you from? And, like, how did you get your start in whatever it is you do?
1: Oh man. Okay. So I'm originally from Akron, Ohio. Um, I'm an only child. I am not spoiled though. Like I am like Mm. one of the good only children. So it's like, I (laughs) share, you know, not, you know, like I'm a very loving and open person. I'm also a cancer for anybody who's into Zodiac (laughs) signs. And I mean like my birthday, July 15th. So I am like cancery cancer. Like Anything, sadness, any feelings? Like, I can tell how you're feeling right now. You kind of want to sandwich. You kind of want to do this interview.
0: Like, exactly. Yeah, I do right. want to... I really want to sandwich. See? See? It's the feel. Okay. I mean, keep keep going, energy. damn. It's was, the, it's the oh, my gosh. Oh, my
1: gosh. <laughs> it's, it's all the... Yeah, but no. So, yeah. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know. Like, I've always been into music. My mom is not a musician at all. She sings in the shower. And when she cleans the apartment that we were living in, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Um, so all of my musical abilities come from me. And I um, that's a shameless plug for myself. Because I know so many people <laughs> that are just like, you know, my aunt is like, you know, the first trumpet of ha-da-da-da-da. And like, you know, my uncle was in the med opera and i'm like yeah, no, i don't have any (laughs) it was just no connections it was just me i'm very much a black sheep in my family i come from a bunch of like lawyers nurses doctors and that kind of stuff and i'm like i want to be a musician and live off of my art and dominate the world i want to be that that person and i've been doing (laughs) it It's, it's been happening um yeah so i started playing getting into music like officially when I was like around like fourth grade, you know, typical nine, 10, something around there. And um, I was originally a flute player. I started with flute. And oh, it that was makes just so because... much more sense. See? See? Sorry. I, I'll get this there. This makes I'll get so there. much
0: more you, yeah, Okay. Yeah. Sorry. You still yep. get there. But like, she, this is why I've had that. You'll see why I've had the realization, listener.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, I started with flute and. All of my peers. Well, first of all, I went to um, Robinson Elementary. If anybody out there is from Akron, Ohio, because you're in Ohio right now, right?
0: No, I nope? used to live in Ohio. I live in Maryland now, so I've been in Maryland for the past Whoa. six years. But I go out to Ohio very often to like do stuff. Okay,
1: okay. So went to Robinson, and like you know, it was a really small school. All of my friends like picked the clarinet for some reason, and I'm like, boo, read instruments. Right. Exactly. See, no, 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 yeah. we're not. We're not on the, no. I was like, I'm going to be different, man. I'm going to play the flute and kill it. Um. And so, excuse me, I did that. And then in middle school, another small middle school, and then my band director was just like, well, you know, you're really good at flute and stuff, but like, can you play the French horn? And I'm like, that's really random. No, I, no, I can't <laughs> play the French horn too. And they're just like, well, you know, here's a little book. And, like, have at it. It's, like, I don't know how to play the French horn, but, like, you know, figure it out. So I was very much so, like, self-taught at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so, like, when I got to undergrad, when I went to Youngstown State University, it was just, like, all the knowledge of French horn was there, like, the notes and, like, the fingering and stuff like that. But, like, even the way that I was holding it was, like, wrong. Like, I had this, like, (laughs) flip-flop embouchure that was wrong. Like, I was playing the French horn like a trumpet player. Like, it was just, like bad like bad bad and like anybody who plays a french horn knows that like it's a ton of technique like and -hmm. the history of french horn like probably going all the way back to the when that thing was like created nobody has been self-taught because it's just really hard and so i had this awesome teacher bill slocum who passed um and he was just like oh my gosh you're awesome and i'm gonna still take you under my wing even though you started out as a flute major but now you're switching so you know, and then you know the rest was
0: history. That's that's like the birth story of little Shanice. Yeah. All right. So the reason I had the realization, audience, is because I've known her as a horn player, and then all of a sudden I watched a video that she published, probably like six or something years ago. She was playing flute in it, and I was like, "What? Where? Wait. Hold up." where did she learn how to play flute when is this coming from it Random. came out of nowhere she was like playing like elena Pinderhughes, and i was like so confused uh because you know you see a, a instrumentalist pick up something from a completely different family like oh this is going to be interesting good oh my gosh hey whoa this came out of nowhere <laughs> so it was really it was just right? really pleasant like surprise that that i wasn't expecting and uh Yeah, so Shanice is a multi-instrumentalist who tracks multiple instruments for uh, different projects and is also a composer. Yes, you've been delving into that, like, a lot within the past several years.
1: Yeah, like the pandemic, you know, a lot of, I know a lot of musicians, probably even yourself, like, found yourself in a place where you couldn't gig and you couldn't do, like, the, like, normal thing, like, like, performing and stuff. So I'm like, I gotta, like, I live in New Jersey. It's expensive as hell here so like i'm like i have to um make money so i started getting into composing and i actually like started when i was in high school like doing like arrangements and stuff you know i was in this lame marching band in high school and so i'm like yo like my band director trusted me. It's just like, let's arrange some hip-hop tunes. And so that's when I started to learn, like, the different orchestrations, like, you know, the different oh, languages, cool. if you will. You know, like how, like, trumpet relates to horn, and horn relates to trumpet, and clarinet relates to, you know, all the stuff, like, the, the different keys and all that other stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I tapped into well, that during early. the pandemic.
0: Yeah, right, right. I know. Like, for a high school, for high school to be like, all oh, right, these orchestrational pairs. Like, how am I going <laughs> to figure this out? I would have been you lost. Know?
1: Listen, I mean, and we didn't have musical theory at all at my school. So it was just like literally just figuring stuff out, man. And, and it's just crazy how small the world is and how everything comes full circle because I didn't imagine myself to be a composer at all. And that's like probably one of the main things that I'm doing right now outside of like freelancing in New York.
0: Yeah, I, I see that you're composing, you're finishing commissions. I know uh, you and uh, Teresa, who I, I'm trying to think of the release order because you're first, I believe, and then Teresa's going to be a, a little bit later. But I wanted I definitely wanted to get both sides of the uh, Afrofuturism uh our, it's afrofuturism uh was the name of the piece that you composed yes. for teresa and it's just getting a lot of feedback and i'm really excited about that project for you too but like you as a composer getting into it really heavily within the past three years now writing these really impactful pieces for friends and colleagues must be like really cool and important for you
1: Oh my gosh. It, I mean, first of all, I love Teresa May. Like she, yeah. you know, I have like this, believe it or not, I'm kind of like an introvert. So I don't like the big crowds, but at the same I'm like, I would say I'm more of an ambivert. So like, right, right. I know.
0: <laughs> I've never heard so like, that word before, but it makes so much really? sense. Okay. Yeah. You know, ambivert. So okay. Great. Yeah.
1: Kind of like a little bit of both. So, you know, like, When I'm in the crowd, I'm like, "Hey, what's up?" But then, like, I also really like being at home. And all that saying is that Teresa is one of the most chill, the chillest person I know. I mean, like, you would think that she's a stoner, but she's absolutely not. Like,
0: she's that (laughs) chill. She is chill. I can't. What's her? What's her partner's name? Her boyfriend's name? Emmanuel.
1: Emmanuel, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I met him once at a recording session, and he was just like, hey, man, like this is the chill. They're a very chill pair together.
1: Dude. Oh, my God. See, I haven't met Emmanuel yet, just because you now I've been in Jersey and she's in Ohio, yeah, yeah. but I'm going to meet them soon because I, I, we have a little, little show going on in February. But, um, yeah, no, I love Teresa. She's always been a good friend of mine, and also just, like, somebody that I really look up to and that I admire, like, Teresa, I think I met her uh oh, when I was in high school. We were playing in this like British brass band. And a British she, brass know, band
0: with two black girls? That's what
1: I was gonna what? say. Like
0: it, That's exactly. oh, sorry. Yeah. All right. For anyone who can't see both of us, we're melanated and like we exist in spaces <laughs> yes. where this does not happen. Oh, we keep going. I'm so sorry. I got too excited. Yeah. Wait. No.
1: No. Literally, that was my same sentiment. I was just like, "What?" And you know, it's that it's the thing that when we're in these spaces that we see other black musicians there, and. I don't want there to be an assumption that, like, oh, another black person, we're going to connect. It's going to be, you know, we're going to be best friends because we're the only black people here. That doesn't happen <laughs> yeah. all the time. Right. Like, it's, it not shouldn't people. just happen, right. You know what I mean? So, But right. she was super cool, super nice, and just, like, I admired her musicianship. Like, she made me realize that, like, you are a solid musician first before color, before you know, gender, Mm -hmm. sexual like anything like that she just showed up and just played some solid ass trumpet and I'm like, (laughs) yes yes, you know so it wasn't that, it wasn't only that she was a black woman, which I also admired just being in this space, because you know how it could be but the fact that her musicianship was just such at a high level that I was just like (sighs) swoon and then I'm like I'm like, hey, I'm Shanice. She's like, hey, nice to meet you. And I'm like, oh, you know, just like the boat so even killed. And I'm just like, oh! you know. So, yeah, we, we've been friends for a really long time. And, you know, she was just like, hey, so, like, I heard that you were, like, getting into writing and stuff. And she's like, why don't you write me something? And I was just like, okay, okay. so what do you think? You know what I mean? Just, like, just putting it out there. And I think this is, like, my... Second commission because the first one, the very first one that I got was for the University of North Texas, their brass trio.
0: Um, oh, their faculty. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's Everything. your connection like- for the listeners? For the listeners, what's your connection to the University of North Texas and the brass studio there?
1: So Stacy Mickens, the horn uh, professor there, she was teaching at Youngstown before she got to Texas, and that's how we met. So, you know, we've kept a relationship and stuff. And also during the pandemic, I was putting out the, you know, the little covers of the R&B mm-hmm. covers and stuff like that with porn and all that other stuff. And so she was like, you know, I want you to write something in your style. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, I want you to write something that sounds like a Shanice. And I'm like, what does a Shanice sound like? So yeah, but you know that whole thing happened, and then that's how Teresa found out that I started composing. And so she's like, "I've been really getting into guitar pedals, g- like guitar pedal effects with the trumpet." So she's in this band called Our uh, Morning Black Star, and yeah, they I've do a, couple a, of a bunch their of albums, ex- yeah, yeah, like they do a bunch of like experimental, like kind of stuff like that. And so she was just like, "Can you like do a thing with like?" maybe the pedals, maybe a little bit of me, maybe a little bit of piano. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I don't know why for some reason um, I just like binge watched Black Panther like three times in a <laughs> row. <laughs> so like, it was just like, I'm like Afrofuturism, like that's, that's the whole thing. So I yeah. tried to do a bunch of research, like of what that concept is. And, you know, like I found the, there's a bunch of like comic book references where it's just like mm-hmm. this is you know basically like Black Panther and like the whole origin of that and stuff like that, but also just like thinking about black, um, just black culture and just the the everything the epitome of what blackness and when I say black I mean like specifically Black Americans, what that mm-hmm. is the vernacular and what it looks like in the future. You know, and like, I didn't think, you know, I was like, oh, this is a cool concept, you know, but then when you really start delving into stuff, I'm like, this is actually something really powerful because it's like, you know, in the piece at the end, I have Teresa speaking into the mic with her guitar effect pedals on and she's saying black lives will exist in the future. And, you know, the significance of that statement of all the things that we go through as black people and you know just declaring that we're gonna be here like you keep trying to take us out in a bunch of different ways you uh, make us feel like we don't belong in classical music you make us feel like we don't belong in the world in general but we will exist in the future and so like it just like it started to become much more than just like oh i'm writing this piece for my friend but the significance behind it was like monumental and now it's like winning these like Short film festival spots, yeah, a bunch of stuff. So I'm like, what? So it's really exciting.
0: It's just exciting to as a as as someone viewing it from the outside, and now having the some inside information to see the response that it's getting, especially because it's from two people I know deserve that like type of response where I know they put in the work they have the the craft and I I love music that is made everywhere and not just made in one place uh one of my the big portions of my career is just like yeah New York's great but there's all these other places and all these other people that create music and when Teresa from from Akron Ohio is like she's from Akron right or Cleveland Cleveland. I'm from actually Cleveland. Yeah. So uh, I'm from Cleveland, but Northeast Ohio. Right. So these, these two girls from Northeast Ohio, uh, are, are now getting this like national acclaim for this piece, which is, was awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's and and just, I can't stress enough, like making music and creating things and like becoming like legitimately successful with your friends. I mean, like your your best friends, friends, Mm -hmm. you know, like the person that you could talk to about family stuff, about your partner stuff, about life stuff. It's like it's amazing because I have a bunch of colleagues, but I'm not necessarily that close with them. You know what I mean? But to be like to have your best friend, like the person that you grew up with next to you and making this music and doing these things and making these strides. It's like it's priceless. I'm telling you. It's just so I, good. I always tell Teresa, I'm like, I love you. She's like, I know Shanice. I'm like, I love you. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think I think it's it's really important to tell your friends that you love them every chance you get. Uh, our Absolutely. my dude friends from high school, we always go, I love you when we hang up the phone or when we leave. And I I remember friends, other friends being like, that's weird. I'm like, oh okay, well no, I love my friends. I don't know what to tell you, bro, like. It's what it is. It's what it is. Like doing the myriad of things that you do, what does like a, a, a day look like for you, or what does your creative process look like in certain situations? Like when you sit down to compose, or when you're like sitting down to multi-track something, what does your process look like?
1: Um, can I be honest? And are we like PG 13 right now?
0: We're like... PG, we're 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 like PG plus 13, no Fs. <laughs>
1: Right, right. So no F bombs or anything like that. I think I yeah. said a couple cuss words already, so I'm sorry. That's okay. But yeah, that's I, okay. So I will give a disclaimer. Marijuana is legal in New Jersey. <laughs> and I am a cannabis supporter. Um yeah. I do it in moderation. It is not a, like habitual thing for me, but you asked about my process.
0: Yeah. And, I did. Um
1: I'd yeah, that's what I said. I'm like, can I be honest? Like, how honest can I be? You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not like <laughs> saying, hey, um,
0: get behind the wheel right now. <laughs> right,
1: right. You know what I mean? No, so, um, and honestly, it's not always that, but uh, I like to be relaxed, basically. Uh, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, whatever environment I'm in, it's usually at my apartment, or in my room, or something like that. I like to think about, first, what I'm going to be writing about. So, like, I'm definitely a note-taker. You know, I know yeah. us young millennials are all with the phones and the tapping and the touchscreen and the blah. but, but you're I hand, like pen and paper? Yeah, good old... It's just, like, the muscle memory and just, like... I started at the top and then I got to the bottom. It's just something satisfying about it. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I write about the certain things that i want to put into the music and you know sometimes people will ask for something specific like i want a very high energy horn and piano piece and i want you to accentuate my hiring and stuff like that so then that kind of puts me in a box right but any time any other time where i'm just kind of like going straight off the dome it's just like i'm like okay so what am i thinking or what am i feeling right now like you know i said like stacy she was like can you write something Shanice
0: and I was like (laughs) That's so broad but I got you
1: (laughs) You know what I mean like it was so broad And it was funny because like I was thinking I'm like okay this is like the University of North Texas Like one of the best music schools in the country And these are really good brass players So I'm like thinking about I'm like okay Like I started studying like Beethoven scores And Tchaikovsky, Stravinsky I'm like I'm studying and researching And then my friend was just like I think that you could just, like, come up with something that you would just do. You know, like, something that you, like, the sound that you would create if you were trying to just think of, if you were just grooving at home or something. And I'm like, yeah. you know what? Maybe, I'm like, that could be kind of mean. Like, so, basically, I write in a style that encompasses everything about my background. So, you know, like I said, my mom is not a musician, but she's a, a big Prince fan. And, yeah. you know, part of them, the Funkadelics, and, you know, like, there's oh, a little classical background, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, Stevie Wonder, Anita Baker's a bit, so it's just, like, I, I've i always had this, like, like, passion or, like, urge to just, like, mix classical music with this, with those genres, and, like, pop music in a very general sense of the term, so not just, like, mm-hmm. what we hear on the radio, but, like... Things that I feel like are popular to my background. Yeah. And so that's how I wrote that's what I wrote. And the piece is called a Bop. It's for brass trio. And uh Bop I use it as an acronym for a Beats of Power. Cause I wanted to oh, okay. give examples of black music and different genres of black American music. Um, so you know, and it ended up being a hit. It was it was it's a really awesome and great piece. I love it.
0: I saw it on your um, site when I was perusing, and I was like, "Oh, I wonder what this was like." So it was a commission for the University of North Texas.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it's really groovy. It starts off with like you know, like a little, like a little medium kind of like jazzy little tempo, and then it ends with a disco. A disco. Like something really fast, like really high energy, really cool. Definitely something oh that the brass trio world has not seen at all.
0: So I don't, I'm trying a, to imagine I need to load. Th- is there a recording of this somewhere?
1: Yep. SoundCloud, baby. All, all my stuff is on SoundCloud. Okay.
0: I'm definitely going to put that in the show notes because I need to hear three brass players playing a disco. I thought, <laughs> yeah, I need to hear that. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's really cool. It's really cool. <laughs> So, uh, when like you're in your creative process or just like mapping it out, are there any like challenges that you have with either staying productive or just in your processes uh, that you like come into and how do you like overcome any challenges that you have with your creative process or like staying productive or staying creative?
1: All right, so, you know, I've done, like, podcasts and interviews before, and I, I really like keeping it real, to be honest. Like, <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, should I have let them know that? I'm like, I hope that this doesn't make people judge me. But, like, no, I am a procrastinator, okay? Like, yeah. I work a nine-to-five, which I always encourage musicians that if you're not trying to be poor and broke and living at your mama's house until you're 55 that you should get a nine to five. Absolutely. If, I mean, like, hey, it is what it is. If you really are dedicated to the music and you want to keep up with your instrument, you will practice, you will find time, all that other stuff. So all that being said is that, you know, <laughs> I'm up to my neck right now in deadlines, like for my commission project. And the thing is, is that, you know, we are talking about my writing process and it's just like, sometimes i can't it's so weird i don't move until the fire is under my butt (laughs) but that's when everything starts pouring out and i'm like a like quadruple like ocd triple checker so like even though all this stuff is just pouring out of me i'll go back look at it redefine it redefine it redefine it and then i'll send it off and everybody's like You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, oh, my gosh, you you had a whole year to work on this. And I could tell that you really, really picked (laughs) up the details. And I'm like, like, yep, absolutely. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: All that. You gave me a whole year. I
0: used it. I,
1: I got that done in the last two weeks. Like, I mean, like. And I, you know, it's not. I will say for the record that it's not something that I'm necessarily proud of. You know, I'm 31. I'm still a young chicken out here, and I'm I'm trying to get better with like being better so that I'm not so anxious and I don't. But the process has been working. But if I can get the process to work more, listen. I listen. It's I'm just being honest, okay? Like if I can get the process to be a little less stressful. A little less last minute, and that would be great. But for right now, what I produce and what I put out there, it's been great. The customers have been satisfied. So you know, but yeah, man. I, I sometimes I'll sit there and I'll have all this time. Like I have a project that I don't have to have done until twenty twenty four. At this point, you think oh, I'm gosh. thinking about that at all? I'm like, yeah. Like, when we're having the conversation and they're just like, oh, I want this, that. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. So I'll start writing stuff down. But then I make sure I don't lose that note. (laughs) Right. Because that's basically the whole process right there. Like, the thoughts, if they initially come out, then they come out. But I can't go back and, you know, try to pull something out. It's just just there. So I really go, somebody asked me before, just like, does the music just come out of you when you're writing? And I'm like, I know it sounds really sappy and cliche and very like a cancer, but yes. It it
0: definitely Everybody does.
1: You know, because,
0: you know, uh, kids are all flowery and just like my feelings. I don't, don't know like, but nothing you- about Zodiacs, girl. I don't, <laughs> I don't know anything about Zodiacs. Let me switch back to make it your voice. I don't, I don't know anything about Zodiacs. Uh, I'm a Gemini. I know that means I'm like duplicitous. Uh, so right, <laughs> right after this right? phone call, I'm going to text Teresa and be like, yo, girl, she was talking some stuff. No.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I believe you too. She'll be
0: like that B-word. <laughs> I I feel you with the with the procrastination though, because like sometimes one, cause you also want to be a person too, right? Like you you, yeah. you, you have to have time for, for yourself. It can't um I was talking to Sam Blakesley yesterday, day before something like that, and he yeah. was say he mentioned a quote from um Dennis Reynolds. Uh, Some another musician, and he said, "Well, I'm a musician, but music is like what I do. It's not who I am. I like I do it, and I and it encompasses like a lot of my life. But I have to have a life outside of that, and that's kind of what Extra Musical School is about. Like, what do you do outside of music? Like, we want to talk about your music. We want to talk about your upbringing. We want to talk about how you view music. Uh, what's going exciting for you in music? How you overcome challenges? But like also." What, what do you do that's like not music or what do you do that's not music and how does it feed into your music or how does it like relieve you from the pressures of music? You know?
1: Yes. Yes. You know, recently I posted something on Facebook and my partner got me this 500 piece puzzle for Christmas and like, oh. it's, it's, yes, that's oh, my great. Thing. Oh, cool. Yeah, I I mean, like, literal, just classic, good jigsaw puzzles. And this one was really nice because it was um, this Ghanaian artist that put a bunch of materials together to make this, like, it's like a Ghanaian woman, and she has a head wrap on, and the head wrap matches, like, her dress or whatever. But when I tell you the detail that this artist used, and it's, it's really profound to me, if any artists are out there that, like, do, like, paintings or anything like that, a really good suggestion is like putting those paintings or those prints into puzzles because it made me appreciate the detail of this artist so much. I mean, like he used so many different materials to make up this, like just this image of this woman and it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. But so the weird thing about it is like <laughs> the anxiety. It, it like feeds my anxiety in a good way because like, if you see the picture on Facebook, it's like, what, like normally the normal response would be to look at it and then get anxious. But my anxiety yeah. is like, Oh, you have to do this. And you have to do that. And you have to do this. And so the sat, listen, the satisfaction of putting that puzzle piece together, I'm like, I did it! I did it! <laughs> it's like the greatest thing ever. So yeah. When I'm like, I've been sitting at my computer, staring at it for like the past hour because my brain is ran out of ideas, and I just mm-hmm. need to walk away. I go to my kitchen table. The puzzle's all discombobulated. And then just out of pure luck and just pure skill, because clearly I'm a puzzle master, okay?
0: I just start <laughs> putting stuff together.
1: And it's it is awesome, and it's satisfying, and I feel like I've accomplished things
0: clearly <laughs> I'm a puzzle because clearly I'm a puzzle I mean like this is gonna this is gonna sound diminutive but it reminds me of it's one of the things I loved watching my grandmother do when she was alive was watching really? her yeah watching her complete these puzzles and I have not completed a puzzle since my that it's when she passed 2004 I haven't completed a puzzle since then so when you said a puzzle I was just like oh that made my heart so happy
1: nostalgia oh, Get that, puzzle. Yeah.
0: I, I guess I should get me a puzzle. Uh, earlier on the, uh, I think on the release order, we had my friend Hannah Powell, who's an abstract artist, and like, mm-hmm. I'd really love to, I feel like I couldn't start with that, though, because her, it'd be, it'd be exactly what you just said, where you're like, oh my gosh, is this right? Right. Uh, I, it would take me like 30 years to complete that right. puzzle, because it, it's a, it's abstract art, but right. like, I, I haven't completed a puzzle in a very long time, that'd be a great way to spend some time with my wife, I think.
1: See, yeah. you're across the table. She's across, she's the, across table. the table. Yeah. yeah. And she's just like, hey, I
0: got this yeah. part. And it's like, oh, honey, I got this part. <laughs> It's One of us passes gas. Oh, it's a nice you know, time. Although, you know, just like lift it up a little bit.
1: And like that wine going. Oh, Listen,
0: oh, God. Oh, yeah. No. You're welcome I think
1: the, for giving you a date
0: night idea. Thank you. Too. That is a date night idea. Or it could be several date nights because we would take us. <laughs> I don't know. No, I should. After, as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to go over and be like, hey do you like puzzles? Have you ever completed a puzzle? Are you interested in that? She likes coloring. That's like one of her like mindless activities. She's like, also, I'm going to coloring book. Yeah? Yes,
1: yes. I love coloring.
0: I, oh. love it. I I did not know an adult that colored until, like, we went to the beach together for the first time when she moved down here where we live now, and she brought off this coloring book, and I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, what do you mean? I'm coloring. I'm like, I not <laughs> I didn't know it's this about you. I, it's
1: very right, At this, at this
0: point, we had been together six years, and I was just like, I didn't know, and it's just, I guess so. It's just like we all have our things that recenter us, and and coloring and puzzles, puzzles. Man, sorry, I, I didn't mean to be. I just, I now want to, I want to go do a puzzle. Do it. So, and do it. It doesn't have to be five hundred pieces. It
1: could be yeah. like two hundred and fifty or like a hundred. What, about, like, what
0: about four? If I did four, a four-piece puzzle, there was like a little cow farm on it, and it was like the.
1: <laughs> Listen, if that, if that if it does that for you, then you do it. Then I will judge you though, because <laughs> I am <the> a <laughs> puzzle master, as I re re-idi- reiterated earlier.
0: So yeah, it's okay. So you know, I think we should have a puzzle competition, like how fast someone can do the puzzle. Except like, so I get a four-piece puzzle, and you get a five hundred-piece puzzle. And you know,
1: listen. But then I when it. I beat you, though, like, <laughs> how is this humanly possible? And I'm sitting over there chilling in the corner, like it is.
0: Though I did it. He's like Sonic like the Hedgehog or the Flash, just like chilling. Like doing... <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had. I wish we were recording video <laughs> so you can see like the the mannerisms of her frantically uh, doing things. um I guess, 24 years of being an artist, uh, especially as an artist who's younger and has, like, some time to reflect. It's not like you're, like, 21 and I'm asking you this question, but, like, what are some stuff that happened in your artistic career that you didn't really expect when you were going into it as a young adult, when you were, like, 18, um, signing up for the Dana School of Music? What is, like, one thing that's happened in, in since that time?
1: Oh, that is a good, you know, that's a good question. I'm, like... I might have to think about that for a second. Um, Oh, well, okay. You said uh, when I went to Youngstown. So when I was in high school, in the middle school, I wasn't like, you know, I don't think I was like a prodigy or anything like that, but I was advanced in comparison to my peers. One, Mm -hmm. just because I cared about it so much. You know, people are just like, well, I'm just here because my mom made me do it, you Or, you know, my girlfriend is in choir, so I'm just going to do it. You know what I mean? But, like, I was, like, passionate about this stuff and learning about it. So I would say that I was advanced in comparison to my peers. But I had never had any private lessons or anything like that. I had been in, like, a bunch of different honors bands and stuff like that. But, you know, it just – I didn't – and it's unfortunate. Excuse me. But um, I wish that I could have been in more – Advanced programs, I think it would have improved my musicianship a lot, but it wasn't in the cards, and that's okay because I'm doing the things that right. I'm doing. I was like now. you, you know doing what I mean? you <laughs> So, but um, no, the thing that I was surprised at uh was because I was I came from this environment where I said like I said I was a little advanced when I got to Youngstown, <laughs> and I think a lot of people experience this, so it might not be like really special, but. I realized that I wasn't the best anymore. And, yeah. you know, I like I said, I had never had any private lessons, so there were people that were better than me. And, I mean, like, you know, I just think of, like, little 17-, 18-year-old Shanice. Like, why would I think that I would still be the best when I got into this new environment? I don't know, but it was a new environment. You know, because you have seniors. You have, like, grad students there. Exactly, so, yeah. I'm just like, well, I can play my scales at, you know, 130 clicks, you know, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, yeah, you know, but uh, but then it was just like, but did you know that there's like seven different versions of that major scale that you're talking about? And I'm like, oh, <sighs> no, yeah, the mind blowing, just like because, you know, I didn't have any music theory background or anything like that. So I think that like that was definitely a big awakening for me. And honestly, unfortunately, like, and this is something I think about because now I do have performance anxiety, and mm-hmm. before, I never had it. Like, when I was younger and, like, you know, learning the instruments and going to solo and ensemble, crushing these competitions, playing in front of these judges, I was killing it. And then when I got into college and I was like, oh, sh- oh man, all-, <laughs> all of these people, some of these, you're better than me. Uh, then it was just like, whoa, <laughs> um, yeah. So then I think after that, just after that time, the performance anxiety set in, and I'm like, oh no. And you know, so then like I and I mean, it's gotten a lot better that I've gotten older, but I still suffer from it in certain contexts, which is really interesting. Yeah. You know, is it, like
0: are there contexts that you are kind of like? aware of in advance or is it kind of spontaneous where you're like, Oh no, it's setting in. I didn't think this was going to happen.
1: It's a little bit of both, Uh, but Uh, the thing is that I know the one place that it always happens is when I'm just in classical music (laughs) mm -hmm. and you know, I'll get over it, but it's almost like this thing It's weird of like, I'm like, Whoa, this is a French horn. Do I know how to, am I playing the?" Like my so, brain just turns off sometimes. You the know? other
0: week, you did a performance at um, Carnegie Hall. You were in a, like kind of an orchestra for a gospel performance, yeah. right? And I was like, man, that that sounds so cool. But yeah. like, in the, is is, the, is that environment something where you feel more comfortable in, or is that an environment where you're still like because the instrument is involved?
1: No, you know that environment actually is like perfect for me yeah. because it puts a little bit of the pressure, which, you know, my teachers would always say that you do, you need a little bit of the nervousness to actually make it a really good performance. And I used to be like, that is stupid. No, I don't want to be nervous at all. I want to be extremely calm, but it's the adrenaline that you need to put that extra pizzazz in the phrase and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, so being in this context of like, it's classical music for sure. Cause we had charts that were written out, but it's the looseness that you can have that makes me feel like I'm in my element. You know, classical music music is very like you know, <clears throat> just straight up and down. Yeah, you have to. You can't be in Mozart playing the one of the horn concertos, and he writes a piano, and you just because you're feeling froggy that day want to play it fortissimo. You cannot do that, <laughs> or you can't put little fluctuations on stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm just like, uh, being in that context, there was looseness there. Because, I mean, we're playing with, like, Ty Trebet and... Um, oh, what? uh Erica, uh, you know, from Mary Mary. And just, like, you know, so we're in the French horn section. And if you, like, see that concert, I'm sure, like, Carnegie has it up. It's just a big party. So, yeah, like, you may have missed a few notes, but that, that pressure of the the elitism that classical puts on you. And mentally, it wasn't there at all. So I was in this classical context. I had the French horn, which is another thing. With flute, I never get nervous. But the French horn, it's like, I tell people like the, the chances that I have of making the right note when I attempt it is like one out of 17. I have one out of 17 chances, literally, to get that note
0: right. I don't so, like overtone series. Brass instruments, man, I can't see, do it.
1: You know what, I'm talking, about. You yeah, know what no, I'm talking
0: about? Yeah, no. Woodwind instruments, you know. Here's the button. Press the button. Right, uh, it's the sound. Brass instruments are like, all right, here I go. I think, hmm, bro, that wasn't the right one, and I just like, I could never. I, I could never do it. And I know there's tons of brass players who, like, are like, well, you know, you, you get used to it, I guess. But coming from—especially because you started on the woodwind instrument, I can see yeah. how you have that mentality. See? See? Th- thank you. you uh, Validation. You I got gotcha, Li- thank- you, bro.
1: Literally. You said everything <laughs> that I feel, okay? it's
0: I, I couldn't do it. I'm so glad I play woodwinds, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's and like I mean... with string instruments where they're like, yeah, this is the right note. I'm like, how do you know?
1: right i don't even understand straight like in high school i tried to play like upright bass for like i don't know i took like maybe two or three lessons with my teacher but yeah no i mean
0: so yeah it's just like this isn't giving this is this is not my
1: right right no i just i just couldn't get with it but you know the performance anxiety has gotten better Um, there, like, I had a lesson with a another black horn player. His name is Dylan Bryan, and Mm -hmm. that's the thing. Like, I was kind of like, ah, should I post this on Facebook? Because I have this thing of like, people are probably like, you're taking lessons and you're like freelancing.
0: Like, I have a lesson coming up in in a week and a half that I or not in a week and a half, a week and a day. So I saw. if you're not constantly learning, if you're not podcaster or podcast listeners, if you're not constantly learning, and you think that you you're, you're there, you've made it, you you've already failed. I think someone already said this in a in a prior interview. Like no one really? should ever think that they're done learning. You Please? can think that you've learned a lot, but like when you learn a lot, you learn that you know nothing, and you have right. to keep learning. Exactly. Sorry, you took a lesson. (laughs) You took a lesson. No,
1: no, uh... no. I'm glad you said that because that's really the epiphany that I came across when I was like, eh, maybe I shouldn't. But no, but like I found out some vital information from this great horn player that I've never met, but I've heard his playing. And, you know, it's no diss to my teachers that I've had in the past, but I think it's something amazing about a teacher that can say like, hey- your tongue elevation is a little bit too high in the back. You want to drop that down a little bit? And then I do it. And then it is like my sound and everything. And I'm just like, how did you know? It's just like, Uh, how did you know? And it's just like, well, yeah, you know, like, cause I've had that issue before, you know? So it's just like it, those kind of things, like it gives me more confidence with my playing. And, you know, like you said, this brass instrument that, is, quote-unquote, unpredictable, but some will argue that it's not because, like, when you get the muscle memory down and if you practice enough, then you won't miss notes. No, that is not a true thing for brass instruments and brass yeah, you can players. still frack,
0: you can still frack as many... Not, like, it'll just happen less often. It'll still happen. Like, right. who, who's out here saying, oh, I've never fracked note before. Right. I, after a certain time, I never did it again.
1: Right, right, exactly! <laughs> see said no one, no said one. no one
0: right said no one ever, oh so gosh,
1: everything's a learning process though you know
0: yeah, well, i i I'm trying to remember the quote, there was a quote that um I i I think I'm just gonna delete this part because I can't remember it. or I'm gonna keep it in and not delete this part because we're all perfect in our imperfection um uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um so. Um I want to I'm gonna include in the show notes uh some of the performances you were talking about. You were talking about um Afrofuturism, uh with Theresa May that you composed for her. I wanna include uh the Bop that horn or that horn trio that you had done or the brash trio that you had done. Yes. Um, and then if I can find, uh, on Carnegie hall, the, uh, performance that you were a part of in that orchestra, I want to, uh, include that as well. But like, what are some of the things that you've been consuming that have helped you as like a person, not just as a musician, but like that, like you like to consume. Cause like, I also like to hear what musicians are reading or what they're listening to or what they're viewing that they either enjoy, or are they thinking that like helps them so we can pass it on to the next person
1: you know i'm just thinking about the stuff that i listen to and like i feel like you know my little spotify history is really limited man um i don't listen to music on the regular only when i'm like trying to get a specific like inspiration like i was listening recently listening to um tchaikovsky's fifth symphony Mm -hmm. and like the way, like, the way that he has the instruments just speak to each other, like, the conversations is, like, it's, like, it's immaculate to me. So I was, like, kind of studying that, and then I got the st- the score. So, you know, like, I was, like, nerding out a little bit. And that was, like, a more of a study thing. But, like, I mean, outside of that and me, like, not trying to, like, do something to actually improve my craft that is not me playing something. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love Ari Linux. Like, come on, Ari Lennox, um, Gibeon. Do
0: yeah. You
1: know, do you know how toxic Gibeon is? Like, his <laughs> last album. Oh, my I've not listened goodness. to a full album. No, it's so bad. And I'm just like, why is this? Like, I'll just, like, catch myself singing it. And I always say, like, my brain is kind of like a ju- jukebox. So when I'm, like, feeling something the lyrics of a song like unconsciously just like singing it over and so and there's a line that give says and he says put your number in my phone but don't save it and i'm like that is disrespectful <laughs> you know how are you gonna tell a girl yeah you know i want that number but don't save your number and don't put your name in it because right
0: because i don't this is, know know
1: you know, so, but, yeah, so, apparently, Alice is a very toxic artist. Um, that's a pastime of mine. And <laughs> outside of that, yeah, I, yeah, I just, like, I, like, I love a nice groove. So, I'm yeah. always trying to find, um, different, like, bass lines to, to play and to, like, transcribe. Just because, you know, I'm, I'm team low horn, okay, for all the French horn players out there, you know. Team low horn. It's like a whole thing of like, you know, you should be able to play all over the instrument, but there are brass players and I don't know if this applies to like, uh, reed players and stuff or woodwind players, but brass players, you know, you got people that can scream and go, and then you got the people that can go, like just play the low bass, like meaty, substantive. That is me. I'm the meat. I'm the foundation. That's what I want to do. but I Especially also, because
0: like, of the Tessitura of the horn, like the French horn itself. Yeah, like it can go so low and it's not usually written there, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. But see, that's my thing, though. That's what gets me the big bucks, which are not that big, but they're big enough for <laughs> me. Um, big enough for me. All right. You know, like I'm always, and I had to like kind of like, I don't know, I still have feelings about it, but I usually get calls for low horn stuff. And, you know, I kind of have that thing where I'm like, I can play first parts too, you know, I can, I can, but if that's where you shine, that's where you shine. I will play second too. So I'm not just always down in the basement. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm like, I'm always like looking for like, um, this bass players, actual, like, you know, bass, bass players, like, and trying to play those bass lines to like get my low range to be really smooth and not like really yeah. punky, like, you
0: know, like, that kind of thing. So yeah, that's that's something else that I like to do. Oh, that's a very interesting method for like horn playing. Is, yeah. is taking. Oh, quick question before we like wrap it. What do you call a horn player besides a horn player? Like tubist, saxophonist, clarinetist? <laughs> you can call him a hornist. Can you? Is that have you seen that? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I'm just like, I was talking to my wife and I was like, what do you call a horn player? I don't, a horn player? I'm like, yeah, that's just Hornist. And I said Hornist and I just like, didn't know if I had ever read it before. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a thing. Well, I'm glad to learn uh, from hornist, flutist, or flautist, uh, multi-instrumentalist, and composer Shanice Strickland. Shanice, is there anything that you want the uh, listeners to know about you before we sign off?
1: Um, I am the person that when you go to Olive Garden and the waiter or the waitress is like, how much cheese do you want? And I'm like, have you ate your Wheaties today? Because I'm going to want everything that's in that cheese container. That's the person that I am. So remember that when you want me to commission a piece for you or play at your venue, that I am the person that asks for the most cheese.
0: Well, yeah. mas, Queso and we're signing off here at Extra Musical. Thanks, Shanice, for bringing your cheesy, cheesy life to Extra Musical. My pleasure. (laughs) My pleasure. Have a nice day, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Extra Musical. Extra Musical is a Hidden Cinema Records production. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you get your podcasts and look out for future episodes. Bye for now.